Chapter 15. Talking Stones and a Room Full of Treasure Adam hardly knew where to start. Clancy bustled off in one direction while he wandered the room, lightly touching a few artifacts, but mostly drinking it all in. This room and its contents were the discovery of a lifetime, maybe of the century, an actual link with what Plato only imagined was real when he wrote about Atlantis thousands of years ago. He was right. It was all real. He stopped and touched the gold three-dimensional pyramid, the symbol of the lost city, the one he held up earlier before almost becoming a shish kebab for the Aloko's lunch. The huge diamond no longer beamed. He stopped and rested his hand on it, wondering what triggered the magic. Had touching it made it glow? Was the presence of a magical creature required? He turned and found a collection of painted pottery against the wall, each one with a midnight blue background in the image of the pyramid at the top, showed different scenes of life in the village before the battle chased people away. He thought hard and turned to look back at the image of Oya and Shango on the wall. He wondered if people like his mom could accept a world they couldn't explain using science or logic. What do you think will happen if my modern world finds out about all this ancient hidden magic? He murmured to himself, gazing up at the pictures of the ancient god and goddess who made the decision to go into hiding. Will we destroy everything you work to save? A voice so loud it squeezed his head, yet so quiet he could hardly hear it rose in the cavern. The magic is already under attack, the whispers echoed around the room. Clancy shrieked, followed by the sound of shattering plates and falling books. She came running back into view, holding pieces of a clay slab. I don't know what I did, she breathed, holding the pieces toward him. It started talking! Adam blinked a few times as the dying words from the disembodied voice finally faded. This thing spoke? He almost had to laugh at himself. For a minute, he thought Oya was actually speaking to him. I picked up this tablet to see if the coins would read this for me, too, since they worked on the map and the wall. Clancy shivered as goosebumps popped up on her arms. She rubbed them with raised shoulders. You hunch your shoulders a lot, he pointed out as he looked carefully at the markings on the tablet. She sighed impatiently. What would you like me to do when I get scared or nervous? Tap dance? Adam looked at her with an appreciative smile. Triple dog dare you. Clancy hugged her arms tightly against her chest. You're an idiot. I held it in my hands, and as I watched to see if the letters would change to English, this voice came out of nowhere. It sounded like it rose straight up from the center of the tablet. Adam leaned in closer. I can't see much with the light in here. The tablet is old and the writing is so worn off. He looked up at the huge triangular chandelier which lit the room, dangling from the very center of the enormous cavern. Shaped like an inverted pyramid, it hung down from the ceiling with glowing yellow crystals and a large white gemstone beaming from the tip. I'll keep looking at it with the coin, Clancy told him. Why don't you go check on Neff and find the flashlight so we can get a better look? Adam nodded. Yeah. He jogged to the black stone wall where Neff lay curled in a ball with his snout tucked under his front hooves. He reached down and patted the Kelpie's wet mane, dripping even in the arid cave. You're amazing, he thought. We never could have gotten this far without you. Neff's eyes fluttered. He puffed some air through his nose with a dreamy smile before gently shaking his head so the long blue mane covered his face. He flicked his tail so the reedy strands covering his body like a blanket. Adam stepped back. As he reached for the map and his pack, he wondered how long Neff would need to recover. It was only a matter of time before the remaining sphinxes figured out where they were, and that it was his fault one of his own got eaten. 
He wanted to spend days checking out all the stuff in the cavern, but they needed to get out. Maybe the talking tablet was a distraction they didn't need. He strode back over to where Clancy stood. Hey, I really think we need to- Stones of prophecy, she said, eyes gleaming. It says stones of prophecy. Really? Adam asked, startled. Is there more than one? She shrugged, but couldn't wipe the smile off her face. I only found this one, but there could be more. I mean, look at this place. It's huge. Who knows how many more of these things are in here? I've been talking to it, trying to get it to say something else, but... Adam burst out laughing. <laughs> You're talking to a rock? Hey, it worked once, she said defensively. He frowned. Were you talking before? She shook her head. No, I was trying to read it with the coin. But I was, he whispered. He looked at the piece of tablet in her hand, his mind racing. He glanced back up at the painting on the wall. That's ridiculous, she replied. Why would a tablet in my hand answer you if you're talking on the other side of the room? She stopped and pursed her lips. Okay, now I sound ridiculous. Adam reached out and took a piece of the tablet from her, his mind racing. He asked Oya a question, and the tablet responded. Is that how it worked? The Stones of Prophecy said that what Oya wasn't here to say? Craning his neck to look up at her image stretching twenty feet up the wall, he took a deep breath and asked, How can we get out of here? The piece of clay in his hand hummed and vibrated, while the picture on the wall glowed. Adam looked up to see only the image of Oya come to life. Her lips moved and her eyes glowed pink as the same heavy voice pressed into his head, making it throb. Clancy squatted down and covered her head with her arms as the words rang through the cavern. You must leave quickly. The Rompo comes for you. The Rompo shows no mercy. He works for those who would destroy the magic. Find the tridents of the lost city of Chilantis. These will get you through all obstacles and help you rescue the Tria. If you cannot find them soon, they will die. What does that mean? Rescue the Tria? Clancy looked up at Adam, still beside him, holding the other chunks of the tablet, as he stared up at the talking goddess on the mural. It means the naiads Neff is looking for, he whispered quickly, not daring to take his eyes from the mural. The one who would destroy the magic has imprisoned them, the voice hissed, in a black stone grotto near the lake of forgotten dreams. They lay dying near the gate, so close to freedom, restrained within sight of escape. His cruelty knows no bounds. Who? Adam asked. Find the tridents, the voice said. Find the tria. Oya's eyes faded to black again, and her full lips stopped moving as the radiant painting returned to normal. Adam looked around with his hands on his hips. All of the priceless stuff in the room looked an awful lot like junk when it was in his way. Find a couple of tridents in, the, in a room the size of a football field, jammed full of a bunch of other stuff, while the creepy thing that's hunting us gets closer and closer. <laughs> Easy peasy. Come on, Clancy reasoned. It's not so bad. There's got to be a way we can find it. You have any brilliant ideas? He demanded in frustration. Because I'm out. Really? She countered, standing back with a cocked hip and folding her arms. The guy who figured out how to get rid of a man-eating security guard and a sphinx on our tail can't figure out how to find a couple of giant fancy forks. Adam looked down with a grin. <laughs> that was awesome, but kind of an accident. I just wanted the Iloco to go away. The sphinx getting eaten was an added bonus. I hope the Sphinx is poisonous so we can stop worrying about an angry Iloka with indigestion coming after us too, Clancy replied. 
She turned to study the room, scanning it from top to bottom and then left to right. At last she pointed to a corner neither of them had explored, yet. They're over there, she said with certainty, marching in that direction. He followed, hurrying to keep up with her brisk pace. Well, how can you be sure? We don't have a lot of time for mistakes. She stopped abruptly and he nearly crashed into her. She whirled around. This room is organized logically, she told him. Scrolls and tablets are over there. The pottery has its own section. Knickknacks have their own space. And tools for daily use have a place as well. This corner is where the weapons are. And I'm guessing the only reason to use a trident is to stab someone. The tridents will be with the weapons. He nodded. Oh, okay. Well, let's find them. Together they reached a heavy wooden rack, full of heavy swords, clubs, and archery equipment. Adam picked up a long bow and pretended to shoot an arrow against the wall. Stop goofing off and help, Clancy ordered, shoving heavy weapons aside to look deeper. Sorry, but you have to admit, he said. (laughs) This is geek heaven. Look over in that tall cupboard behind the armored stuff. Adam shuffled over to a cabinet which stood next to a leather and metal suit of armor. He reached out and gently touched the stiff leather. This is so cool. Don't touch the armor of Shango! Don't touch the armor of Shango! A shrill voice called out. Adam jumped back and looked around. What looked like a stuffed parrot sat on a shelf near the armor. Its red, yellow, and blue feathers were covered with a layer of dust. He slowly reached toward it and almost had it in his hands when the same voice blurted out, Don't touch the parrot of Shango! Don't touch the parrot of Shango! Okay, okay! He yelled, backing away. When he stepped back, he accidentally slammed into the cabinet he was supposed to be searching. He tripped over his own feet, trying to catch himself, and fell to the ground. The cabinet tipped forward and slammed into the ceiling of the narrow hall where he fell, but the doors opened and dumped its contents onto him. "'What are you doing over here?' Clancy demanded. He looked up and had to shove a few long-handled items off his face to see her standing over him with a disapproving frown. He smiled feebly. "'Just searching the cabinet like you said.' (laughs) He gripped a handle still hanging over his head and shoved it aside to get up. She froze as she stared down at him. "'I don't believe it.' You found one! Huh? Adam struggled with the pile of stuff on and around him. You have it in your hand! He looked blankly at the staff he held. The long black shaft in his hand, beautifully carved with leaves and scrolls, mimicked the design of the tree on the mural. One end widened into three silver prongs, gleaming even in the dark corner. He craned his neck, searching for the other. Clancy spotted it first and swooped down to grab it. It had a matching black handle, but sported gold prongs. The lost tridents of Chilantis, he breathed. Let's get the map and get out of here, Clancy said, her voice full of purpose and determination. Adam followed, looking wistfully around the room he'd probably never see again. He stopped to look up at the mural one more time, where Shango and Oya stood together, each of them holding a trident. Wish us luck, he said with a sigh as Clancy approached with his bag. Oya winked back at him.